Hello, Tom here. The Berkshire Football Stories podcast has got a new sponsor. Exciting, huh? That doesn't mean that we've got new kit, though. The club secretary has made us print it over the top of last season's shirt sponsor. He reckons it'll stretch to at least another year. He mumbled something about those footballs we keep kicking over the fence, not paying for themselves. Our new sponsor? Oh, that would be MRS Digital, an award-winning digital marketing agency offering affordable social media, pay-per-click and search engine optimization to help local businesses thrive since 1999. To find out more, visit mrs.digital and tell them we sent you. Hello and welcome to the Berkshire Football Stories podcast with me, Tom Canning, and him, Rob Davis. This is our pub, but not in a pub chat podcast we're doing daily to try and keep ourselves and all of you busy during the lockdown. You can see more podcasts from us by searching Berkshire Football Stories on your favourite podcast app. You can also follow us on Twitter at FI Berkshire and find out more at www.footballinberkshire.co.uk. Today, our special guest is Wallingford Town Manager, Glenn Gowdy, who joins us on the phone. Hello, Glenn. Oh, hello, Lance. How are you going? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Um, are you? Are you well? You look like you're in a. You look like you're in a home gym there. <laughs> well, it is a home office that has been converted into a home gym by my wife. So we <laughs> have arguments about what the actual name of the room is. So uh, for me, it's the home office. <laughs> <laughs> you're not tempted halfway through the day to to jump on the old uh, on the old machine and and, and have a go. Oh no, those those days are gone. Those days are gone, Tom. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you're you're the Wallingford Town Manager, and uh, obviously, as far as I'm aware, you've you've been involved with a few clubs in Berkshire. We do cover Wallingford a little bit because technically, before the 1977, I think before 1977, <laughs> Wallingford was in Berkshire. And yes, I know people will will message and say yes, but so was Abingdon, so was Wantage, and all that sort of thing. But it's our website, and we make the rules. Yep. So um, obviously, yes, you've been involved with a few other clubs, but but how are Wallingford Town? How is the club coping in in the current situation, and how are you doing? Yeah, so the club is is running as as normal. Um, some of your listeners may be aware that the the club is attached to a to a sports park. Um, so there's a host of clubs at the park that are all um, halted at the moment due to the circumstances. Um, but obviously the sports park has running costs as well. So I believe the sports park, as best as it can, is trying to, to tick over. But there's no no trade or no, no um, income as such. Um, so it's a challenging time for them. Uh, for the football club, we set... Um, we're relatively comfortable because a lot of the, the income that we draw in is outside of bar takings and, and gate receipts. So whilst we're not, not not flush, we're in a situation where we can kind of you know look ahead and, and sort of feel reasonably comfortable with the circumstances um, moving forward. How are uh, things going on the playing field? Um, last season, you seem to be uh, sort of pushing uh, towards the top few places um uh in the league this year maybe more sort of a slightly more mid tabley um how are things going in the league and what's the ambition with uh Wallingford town well well for for me any anywhere I, I come in i obviously want to do as best as i can with the group of players that i have at my disposal um i think the the year before if we talk about the season before that we we actually were able to conclude 
Um, yeah, we were we were up there, but I, you know, I was working with a lot of lads who were perhaps um, not experienced with the level of football. So we we got you know we got to a situation where I feel that water found its level, and you know we were we finished seventh in the end. But I, I think um, with the exception of that season, Burnham were were very good. Um, but everybody else was 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 quite competitive, and a lot of games were you know the odd goal would would win you um, win you the game, Rob. Um, but I, I think we kind of we dipped away in form from from Christmas onwards, and it, it gave me an opportunity to just look at where um, some of our strengths and some of our weaknesses were. Um, and the season that's that's just concluded, um, I felt on paper that I brought a lot of really good, experienced uh, footballers at this level. Um, if you you know if you looked at some of the names that we brought in, I felt really confident that we'd have a good season. Um, but You've got to, you've got to, you know, understand that other clubs are doing the same. They're bringing in good players as well, um, and with that, you've got that, uh, you've got that chance that the teams will gel and the players will gel. And I think it took us a little bit longer to gel at first. Um, mm. and we we lost too many games early on by the odd goal, where um, you know if, if we had have turned them round to being a bit more, you know, of a positive, I think we probably would have been within that top four if. Um, if we sort of got to a point where the season had concluded, but our start, our start hindered us. Um, I, I've not watched as many Step Six games certainly this season as, as perhaps uh, you have, Rob. But um, I, I did go to watch uh, Wallingford at home to Kidlington Development at the start of the season. Glenn, you may remember um, we had a we had a bit of a chat before the uh, before the game, and and. I just I was I'm I'm so surprised having watched that game that both yourselves and Kidlington are not higher up the table because because that game that evening it finished one all but I just saw two teams who were you know really strong at, at moving the ball about the pitch attacking and getting forward and and were it not for two two decent goalkeepers at either end the the score could have been you know there were enough chances for there to, to have been a, a decent score on on either side so it was quite a surprise to to sort of look at the league table just in the lead up to talking to you today that uh, about where both teams were and i know kiddington i think have had it had it had quite a tough season ultimately that's often how develop how it is with development teams but you so you know as i say from watching that game in particular and it's one game in isolation of course and maybe i maybe i got lucky and and saw just a, a terrific game of football but i i just i was surprised that that both teams were mid table rather than kind of top 6 top 4 is that would you was that a fair assessment? Yeah, I'd agree. Um, one thing you always get when you come up to Wallingford is an entertaining game of football, Tom. Um, whether it's ourselves or our opponents, that's to be decided. <laughs> but um, I think, I think, mate, the, the league, the Hellenic League, this the, the, the East League. I can't talk about the the West, obviously. Um, you know, but my experience of the Hellenic League is a really strong competitive league. It's it's every every team, and you know we know the anomaly with Risborough that we had this season, which we'll take out of the fold just for now. But every team from from second place, from Hollyport, all, all the way, you know, you're looking at Marlow that were sort of tenth, eleventh, Penn and Tyler's that were a little bit below below that. Everyone's a match for for everybody, and I think you know if you speak to and you spoke to a few managers at, at our level that. Um, you know, speak about the league. There's no, there's no real gimmies. Um, and you had Michael Herbert on um, a couple of shows ago, and he spoke about the combined counties. And I think 
you know, listen, the step six football, it's, it's tough. It's, it's a little bit like the championship. You know, you talk about championship teams trying to get out of the league. It's, it's hard work because everybody can be everybody, I, I feel. And the, the teams that do particularly well perhaps have the resources. So they've got players that are match winners, you know, in them games with it could be tight. Um, they might have someone who, or, or more than one player, that can pop up and, and break the spell. Um, but pretty much everyone else is, you know, hardworking, determined, driven, disciplined. You don't get any, you don't get any freebies. So you've got to have, you've got to have a good sixteen. Let's say on a Thursday night after training, yeah, I'm, I'm available, I'm ready to go. Um, you can't have anybody, you know playing out of position you can't really fill any slots with someone who might pop in and do a, a job because it, you, you might get found out you just you know if you're if you've got a weakness anyway at this level i think teams are finding you out so to answer your question killington and ourselves um killington were exceptional you know with the ball really you know enthusiastic young we were slightly different that night different styles um but yeah, and I think we spoke to their management afterwards and said how are we sort of both struggling. And I said, well, there's, there's better teams around that, you know, that, that are doing well. They're winning games, and we're we're not at the moment. So it was a learning curve for them. But for us, it's a uh, you know we've got to look to take those draws and turn them into wins, and and the and the losses into into draws or three points if you if you get a bit of luck. Hmm. Let's take it back to uh, you then. How did you uh, first? Uh, get involved in football and uh, even before your managerial career did you have much of a um, playing career yourself um not of no i grew up in australia um you might hear the accent um, i've never noticed the accent before and i've spoken to you a few times glenn i'd never noticed the accent until now yeah so <laughs> I, I grew up in australia i came to england in 1997 um just to have a holiday play a bit of football <laughs> Um, so uh, I played a decent standard back in Australia. Um, a lot of players who I played against were that came, they actually came over to England or, or Europe and made professional um, deals. So I played against people like Danny Tiato, Mark Baduka, um, Kevin Musket. They were all in the, the local, um, well, the, the state league that I played in back in Melbourne. So I came over to England. Um, I had no intentions of trying to be a professional. I just wanted, I loved my football back in, back in Australia. Um, there wasn't many of us when I went to school. Um, my brother and I in the secondary school that we went to were the only two that played, uh, we call it soccer, back in, back in Australia. Um, so we were kind of, you know, a little bit outsiders. Um, and we used to love uh, the match of the day coming over. Um, they used to show up the next night back, back home. And then... Um, we used to have one European game on a Sunday afternoon that my dad would make us watch. <laughs> so um, it was either Italian or Spanish or German German football, um, which which we loved. It, you know, it's our Sunday afternoon tradition that we used to sit down and watch. And I always said to my my dad when I that I wanted because he was from Northern Ireland. He immigrated with my with my mum, and I said I always wanted to play football in England. I love how at four o'clock you see the lights come on when it gets dark and. I've always wanted to be part of that. So I came home and I was really lucky. I played for um, a team called Yedding um, in the Suburban League before they became Hayes and Yedding. And I had a year there and it was really hard because I didn't know anybody. I'm, you know, I'm an outsider. I've got this funny accent. You know, I'm a, um, you know, what's this? I was a goalkeeper, so I wasn't massively imposing. Um, but I learned a lot from playing. And then um, 
I, I was released from there and I ended up joining a, a team locally called Royal Mail, which um, probably is the reason I'm still in the UK um, because I met a lot of people through local football. Um, the Ready League at the time was, was really good. You'd go out on a Saturday night and you'd meet lads from 10 different clubs. And I love talking football, Tom. You know, um, you guys are the same. Anyone who will listen to me, I love, I love talking about it. And um, it, it went from there, really. I, I played for a few years for Royal Mail, and then age crept up on me, injuries crept up, um, and it was just harder to, to play for any length of time. Um, so I didn't have any designs to get into management. I was probably the quietest member of any team that I played for, except when I got on the pitch. Um, you probably would say... Uh, looking back, that there was no chance that I'd be a coach or a manager. But what I did have, I did have a father who was a coach who used to draw his little sessions up on pieces of paper around the house. And I'd look at them and think, well, what's what's this? And I think he was a traditional 4-4-2 man and arrows and circles all over the place. And I think it sparked my interest into knowing more about how this, this wonderful game is played. <laughs> Got so many follow-up questions on that. But... <laughs> Before we get into your uh, managerial uh, career or what you did after your playing career, um, what is it? Um, uh, what is it like, sort of growing up uh, in Australia uh, as a, a football fan or soccer fan, as it is out there, and actually trying to play that? Because obviously, it's what fifth, sixth um, biggest sport in the country, and uh, it, it, is the uh, sort of development scene particularly good over there? It is now. Um, I think it's the most popular sport for, for young children. I think that, that there's a couple of reasons for that. When I grew up playing football, pretty much every every team that you played for or against were associated with a with a community group. So during the uh, what we talk the 80s and the early 90s, we had a massive influx of people from Eastern Europe. Eastern Europe. Um, uh, from from Macedonia, from Greece, from Serbia, from Italy. So a lot of the teams that we played against were were associated with a local community group. I always played for what we would call British teams, and they were made up of expats. So I, I played for a, a, a men's side when I was sixteen, and we had um, we had people from Scotland, Ireland, Wales, um, you know, all all sort of parts of Great Britain. But we also had Australian lads, and we were we were the British team. Now you won't you won't believe this, but and money talks in football. We know that if we were to go to a Macedonian team or a Greek team, for example, and they'd won the game, you'd go into the clubhouse afterwards and you'd see the fans come up and drop fifty dollar notes and into the players' pockets, you know, because that was their week, looking forward to seeing their team win. The British, on the other hand, we got <laughs> we got nothing. <laughs> we we got a beer after the game. We've done done well. So it was a haves and have nots. But what it taught me, and I think this is something that's that's that I love about the game. When we played the Italian teams, they were disciplined, defensive minded. They were really hard to break down. When we played the Croats or the Serbs or the Macedonian teams, they were fantastically skilled and you know attacking minded like you watch the Croatian teams now you, you, they're really easy on the eye um, the Greek teams were fast but they, they used to love to counter the British team stereotypical get the ball out of the feet hit the big man up front play off the scraps but listen as a grounding for me as a, as a football person what, what great education I guess when you're playing you don't realise it um, 
but again, I'll go back. We had we had Dutch teams. You know, the Dutch were beautiful. You know, they were all Cruyff turns. I remember seeing a, a lad at 15 do a Cruyff turn. Up, you know, my God, where's that come from? Um, you know, and I think he got smashed by one of our players. You know, <laughs> you know kind of what are you doing, sort of thing. But you know, the, the Germans were. You know, they were. Yeah. So it was it was a great grounding. And you know, coming to the UK, you you know, I think the games developed. There's a lot of different styles. But you know you've got your, your your English culture when you look at non-league level um, about the you know people want to see excitement entertainment they want uh, chances they want you know they want set pieces they don't want short corners you know there's things like that that this you know this the culture's about. I hate short corners. <laughs> 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 Honestly. Unless, unless they work, of course. Yes, which they invariably never do. As a fa- as a fan, I can say that. Uh, as a manager, you possibly have a have a have a different view on things. I don't recall seeing anyone ever work. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you can practice. Uh, it's difficult because you, you have you have lads what for an hour and a half, maybe yeah. a couple of nights. They're not going to be interested in corner kick routines, and that's like, can we just get it in the mixer and hope yeah. that one of our centre halves gets on the end of it? Yeah, exactly. And that's <laughs> as a non-league fan, that's what I want as well. <laughs> um, Rob, I know you had some uh, you had some some questions for Glenn. We wanted to find out some um, some some backstory. Uh, did, did you want to yeah. did you want to do this? Because I I think just on, on on the back of what Glenn's sort of talking about and his 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 life in football, there you let let's do those, shall we? Sure. Uh, when looking at these, uh, you mentioned there about your uh, dad leaving tactical notes around uh, the house. Um, when I was looking into uh, uh, you in preparation for this, I found some articles on the website about uh, tactical analysis of uh, um, championship and or football league games as they were. Um, is First of all, was that you? And secondly, is that uh, um, you talk us a little bit about that and, uh, um, you know, how you got into that sort of thing? Yeah, that, that's the funny one, actually, because um, I, I slipped a disc. Um, I think it was just, um, it was a, it was a middle of last season. And I, I was off, I was off work for a period of time. Um, and I wasn't doing much at weekends. And I kind of got involved in um, this, this opportunity to, to write reports. Um, I, I had no sort of ideas of, of, of taking it longer term or be being paid for it but um i became part of a group that would were doing these reports for for for, uh, for free and we would be sent a game to watch and then we'd analyze it um but perhaps might be looking at a particular team or um units uh, and i just grew from there i had like a, a chap who became a mentor and, and and it was a great chance for me to to watch games um, without emotion and look at things, and then and then make a report and um, put some pictures together in the hope that someone will will read it. Um, I remember my first game I did, I think was was a Millwall Millwall game, um, and anybody who knows Millwall fans, are, you know they're 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 a funny breed, but cracking cracking football club. But having watched the team in action, I was pleasantly surprised what they what they did. Um, and it, it gave me a little bit of an understanding of what the football analysis is, um, which 
when you're watching a game of football from the touchline, is really hard to do. Um, particularly even if you're going to watch a game and you're not involved in it, it's it can be challenging to try to go there with a focus of what you want to watch. Um, you know, locally, I'll, I'll try and catch games where maybe we've got an upcoming opponent. Um, but quite often, I find myself watching what um, the other team will do and think, oh, that's that's an idea that I could use, or I like how they, they do that. Um, I'm no longer doing that, Rob. It's uh, probably six hours of your life that you, you put towards it. Um, <laughs> For, for 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 no no return, but you know it's. I'm one of these people that love to learn. I love to um, to educate, um, and it was just a little bit of an opportunity for me to educate myself and put something out there, and again give something to somebody who may read that and think, oh, I enjoyed reading that. So um, that was that was how that came about. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I found was a uh, a book written by yourself. Is that correct? A, a semi pro to pro. Uh, about um, um, sort of applying or um, pr- principles that you can apply to the professional game from uh, from a semi-professional point of view. Is that correct? Have I done you justice it, it, there? It, it is correct. Yeah, guilty. Um, any royalties that come in as a result of this podcast, Rob, I'll dish out to you and Tom to <laughs> spend, on the, spend on the show. Um, that came about, um, I think it was 2010. I took a little break from the game um and i i went and studied um i went and did a diploma in hypnotherapy and an nlp neurolinguistic programming which um probably at the time didn't have a huge um part to play in sport but it was one of these things that i wanted to learn i as, as a footballer I, I was very i was riddled with nerves before games um up to a point where it got where I couldn't control them and I found it really difficult to concentrate. But once I got out of the pitch, I was fine. Um, And I kind of thought, there's got to be other people like me. I've got to be, you know, at some point coaching players or managing players who are the same as me. And the dressing room in a football football club can be, you know, um, pretty tough place. So I wanted to learn more about how I could probably help individuals um, do that. So, yeah, I I wrote a book. It was based on... Um, a little bit of psychology, a bit of NLP, um, a little bit of soccer coaching or football coaching as well. So, um, And I tried to write it from the perspective of each each um, unit, so a little bit for goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders and strikers, because they've got their own challenges. As a goalkeeper, I used to worry about making a mistake. Um, and, you know, a little bit of a chapter is then how you deal with that and visualise and focus and um, use, you know, use positive sentiments to try and help you and then there's you know, a little bit for strikers to, to you know if you're in a lean patch and you're not scoring to try and go back and look at when you did score and when you you know you're doing well what things did you do and it probably wasn't a huge shift but again educating myself wanting to learn um you know it was a year that i took but um it was a great opportunity to give something back I don't force it down my player's throat. I don't say, listen, you've got to buy this book. Um, <laughs> I would love to give any new signing a free copy. Actually, I might do that. That's a good thing. Um, you know, uh, I, I could sign it for him. But yeah, it, was just, it just, it just, it took, it took a good period of time to write. Um, but, it, it, you know, uh, you know, people would say, you're an author. And I was like, nah, don't be silly. But you're right, you know. And I think in this day and age, everybody can turn their hands to something. It's not like the old days where, 
um, it was difficult. You know, it's easy to be an author. It's easy to um, produce a, a book. It's easy to post a podcast. You know, all these things are... <laughs> it's very easy to post a podcast, yes. <laughs> all, the, all, all these mediums are there for, for people to, 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 to do. And, you know, credit to you guys, because, listen, um, you know, football in Berkshire, the website when you first came out was fantastic. I know you and, you and Dubs did a, did a great job on that that tom and this this podcast now rob you being involved is, is is brilliant for you know for people involved in the in the local game but you know there's, there's a leap of faith isn't there you yeah. know at what point did you guys go do you know who's going to listen to this who's going to want to be on it but you look you're like you're up to nearly up to 50 shows and you're getting people listening so sometimes you've got to just go do you know what there will be people that will read the book listen to the podcast or want want to come and play football for me uh, yeah, and I, th- I think you're right there. I, th- I think ultimately, a lot with as with a lot of these lot of these things, if if something that 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 we do, or or so if if one of those things inspires someone to do something within one person to do something within local football, then that's job done, really. As far as far as I'm concerned, Rob, I don't know how you necessarily feel about it, but if it if it if it inspires just one person who's never gone to their local football club in the Berkshire area before to do that, then then that is that is what I want. So, um, Glenn, you, you said some very lovely things there, and I'm, I'm tempted. Rob and I are having a week off next week. I might just get you to read a chapter from your book every day. Um, <laughs> although I'm not sure how many how many copies you'd sell off the back of that because we'd just be giving it away effectively. But um, I, I wanted to talk about back, back to your sort of managerial career because you've you've worked with some of the some of the some of the big names in in local football. I know you worked with Roger Herridge. Um, you worked at Reading Town, I believe, for a little while. Is is that right? Yes. Yeah. So, um, so when I started managing, I took over Royal Mail in two thousand and four, five season, um, and that was that was my apprenticeship. I'm a big believer in in doing doing the hard yards to begin with. I didn't expect to be working at a, a top level when I started, but um, it it gave me a really good grounding on building relationships building contacts you've got to you've got to remember i i never grew up in in reading i live i live in reading but i didn't grow up in reading so i didn't have relationships with with players i know there's a lot of lads that went to school or played against each other so there's there's a connection so i had to work extra hard to try and build a little bit of a a black book um and i had a few really good good seasons at, at royal mail there was a chap called jock masson who ran royal mail who in, in local circles was a bit of a, a legend, um, and he, he, he unfortunately passed away many years ago. Um, but I used to—he was essentially the chairman and, and everything for the football club, linesman and everything. And I used to go around to his house every Monday night for for a coffee. Um, his wife would leave us alone because she knew we were going to be talking football; it'd be boring. And and Jock had uh, a host of Royal Mail team photos around his dining room, um, so he was my first chairman um and a great time at royal mail and we had a little bit of mixed success made a made a, a cup final um got beat by martin law's highmore team um who um i won't say we dominated the whole evening but yeah it was a tough one but listen you learn from you learn more from losses than you do from from winning things um and then um reading town i i actually probably a brave call i got to a point where i wanted to work slightly higher, probably at a level that I, I kind of maybe um, played at um, and went and did some bits and pieces for Colin at the time. They were in the combined counties. 
and really good level of football. And I learned a lot from, from working with Colin. I was with him for five years at Reading Town. Uh, Rob Wichard is another chap who came and came and joined us as coach. So we essentially had Colin as the manager and Rob and myself as the two, two coaches who would run the sessions. Um, we became a little bit involved with the Allied Counties as well. So one of your guests, former guest Josh Blackwood, was one of our Allied Counties player. Um, we had Chris Rackley at the time, Josh Helmore, um, Matt Fox, Matt Mewers. are all playing really you know decent levels of football. So that's really rewarding to see those lads still still playing. Um, from from Colin's success at Reading Town, with probably little to no budget. Um, he got the opportunity to go to Thatcham, um, who were in the Southern League at the time. So both and I, Rob and I, went with 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 Colin. Um, unfortunately, it didn't pan out for him there, um, and an opportunity came for me to go over to Aberdeen United. So that was still at the Southern League, so I stayed there. Um, so yeah, it was that was a good opportunity for me because I went from being at Step Five and having to run training sessions, speak in front of a group of players, work with different personalities, work with Collins players, to then go to step four and know, you know, not know um, the players, build relationships, be credible on the on the training ground um, is, is held me in good stead, all those learning experiences. Um, from from Abingdon, that's when I, I took the year out and decided to study. Um, there's a team called Reading YMCA who I I must put down as um, a wonderful opportunity and I had a, a huge amount of success there. Um, and the story of how that came about is quite, is, is quite um, unusual. Uh, Mark Lem, who is a local football yeah. legend, he used to live about four doors away from me and he I didn't realise at the time, but pretty much every Sunday, him and his young son would come past my house. And I'd normally be out the front washing the car or blowing up footballs. And he'd always ask me, when are you going to come and manage Reading YMCA? I said, no, 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 okay, Mark. I'm at, you know, I like to name job. I like to be at these big, I'm at Thatcham or I'm <laughs> in the Now come and do what YMCA. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. Um, I'll let you know. And um, long story short, he badgered me so much. Um, but I said, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And, um, we won the year in our first season, which was, which was brilliant. I had a fantastic group of lads who, uh, honest as a day is long. I brought a couple of really good, young, talented lads in who kind of just gave everybody a little bit of a spark. And then this is how football works. We lost seven players in the preseason to guess who Colin Millard and Reading town. <laughs> so, um, I don't hold grudges, so um, I went and got eight new players, and they formed the basis of the really successful YMCA type side that that Carl Curtis took on. Um, so, yeah, we you know we won the BTC Cup, which was the League Cup. We got picked um, in the league in my second season, um, and in my third season, I, we uh, we got again picked in the league, but we went on to win the the Barks and Bucks intermediate which um you know for me it's the county cups you know it's it's always going to be on your cv whatever level um whether it's sunday or senior trophy on a saturday it's something i'm very proud of and we we beat a really good woken and embrook 
side that that uh, in that final, who um, Dan won't mind me saying it because they won the the one East that league that year. Um, but yeah, we were you know four 0 up, but on the stroke of half time, and we couldn't couldn't believe it. So I had a I had a massively talented group of players who knew each other's games, um, worked hard for each other. Um, we we were. We were disciplined. We had players that listened to us and you know took on board what we were trying to get across. Um, just, just really successful. And it was a bit of a, a wretch to see the team kind of drop away. Um, but they're they're rebuilding. Um, but yeah, the opportunity opportunity then came to to me to 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 go to Wallingford after after three years at at YM. But in between that, I worked with Roger. I wanted to learn how he worked. Roger and I managed against each other in Ally County level. Um, you remember? You may remember Roger used to wear white shorts, white socks, and it didn't didn't matter what the weather was. He came to Scales Lane. I think it was February, <laughs> and he's got his woken him top. And I remember him being quite vocal and all yeah. that. And thinking, Do you know, yeah. But he, he had a, a really good group of players, and I thought um, one day I'll work with him and see what his secret is. And he's got a good list of players. He's, he, he can manage up, he can manage above and below. So he was really good at working with the, the board and the chairman, building relationships. So I learned a lot from, from Roger and Colin. Um, who else I work uh, Yeah, you know, from every manager I've worked with as a coach or an assistant, I've tried to, to learn, pick up something that I can take forward. Glenn, I think we are we are just about at the end of our end of our time. Um, Rob, did you did you want to add these one these one these interviews are lovely where where the where the guest is able to um, <laughs> fill the time so Rob and I don't have to think too much. <laughs> yeah, is there anything uh, stand out that you did learn from any of those uh, uh, sort of uh, local people that you worked under? Um, anything you maybe pass on to any other um, aspiring coach? Yeah, yeah, I've learned from from them, and I've learned. Um, I think you had you've had previous managers who are on, and I, you know, as a manager or as a coach, you'd be silly not to listen to the to the guys that you've had on your your podcast. You know, I know you've had um, you, 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 you know Ian Herons has been on it. I know Michael Herbert's been on it. You know, different levels of football. You know, if you're aspiring to be anything, a coach or or a manager, you've got to get around the environment where you want to be. Um, and sometimes that that is you have to put yourself out. Um, you know, I had um, I had a great coach just up up to recently in in Kieran Jennings who mm. um, who came and, and and joined me and fantastic you know building relationship with the players really good on the training ground. Um, but you know I I rang Kieran when when he was released from from Aldermaston because again it's 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 networking it's having people in your stable that you can you know like and trust. Um, have a good assistant. You know, I've had, I've only had one experience where I had an assistant that kind of, um, I would say, lads were, you know, playing four three three, and I want us to to get the ball here, there, and he'd say to the players, "We'll play three five two, and we'll we'll go the other way." So having having people that you know, like, and trust is really important. Um, do your homework. Go watch games. Um, be yourself. You have to be yourself. You can't you can't be a clone of anybody because players will suss it. If you come in dressed like you know Klopp or Guardiola, you know they'll they'll suss it. You've got to just be yourself and 
and and people will, will get to you and, and understand you over a period of time. It takes takes a bit of patience as well. But for me, I think football management in particular is you know tactics are great, um, but it's person you know person first, player second. You've got to you've got to be able to have relationships on a social level or you know with your players, um, and then the tactics and then building the team from that goes go hand in hand. Glenn, we do have one final question, not football related, that we ask everybody on our podcast. I know you've been listening, so you'll you'll be prepared for this one, I suspect. Um, if I've learned anything about you, uh, you will be well prepared. Um, can you recommend a box set or a TV show for our listeners that uh, they they should be they should be uh, paying attention? There are bonus points for one that hasn't been mentioned yet. Okay, I'm bound to get a bonus point on this one. Bear in mind. <laughs> Bear in mind the country I live in. So um, this is a sport-related one. The Test on Amazon Prime. Oh. It, ah, it follows the Australian cricket team. Um, I I had the unpleasant situation where I was at Trent Bridge when Stuart Broad took eight for fifty against uh, or eight for fifteen against us, um, and I never forget that that day. So us retaining the Ashes is massively important. So the Ashes is one. Um, I, I'm really enjoying, I've watched it a few times, you've got your Sunderland until I die. I really enjoyed um, Take Me Home, which is the Leeds United one, um, to see the running of that team. And I've got two that are not sport related, um, a little bit old, um, Derek. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, love Derek. Um, made me laugh, made me cry. Um, whole range, roller coaster of emotions. Um, and I'm, I'm probably again late on the scene, but I'm watching Mad Men at the moment, which is um, oh, 1960s um, Madison Avenue mm. uh, in in the advertising uh, uh, game. So yeah, um, probably show that I'd never even consider watching, but yeah, really enjoying it. I think you get a bonus point for all of those. <laughs> I, I think you said about it. Yeah. yeah, you're saying about the test and uh, watching Stuart Broad. I was at um, the MCG in 2006 when uh, uh, we got whitewashed. For, well, it was the fourth test, but yeah, England got whitewashed. So I can feel your pain on that one on the other side. <laughs> that, 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 was, that was the forgotten series. No one talks about the five-year, do they? Everyone, no. everyone talks about the MBEs and the, the bus trips and Freddie, you know, and KP all drunk on the bus, but everyone forgets the 5 nil. But so I don't, mate. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, thank you ever so much for joining us. Um, that was the Berkshire Football Stories podcast pub, but not in a pub chat with Wallingford Town Manager Glenn Gowdy. You can see more in this series by searching Berkshire Football Stories on your favourite podcast app. Please subscribe for the latest. And if you have a minute, please give us a rating and a review. Uh, all that's left to say is it's goodbye from me, Tom. It's goodbye from Rob. Goodbye, everyone. And it's goodbye from Glenn. Goodbye, all. Thanks for having us. <laughs>